Can you hear me? Testing microphone. These are the words that are coming out of my mouth. Testing microphone. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. Everybody and welcome to the Filipino Freethinkers podcast. It's also a video. I'm Red. And I'm Pepe. And today we are going to do some changes. Uh, I, I think you have to expect some changes because we are improving everything that has to do with this podcast. We're changing the name. Um, if you have ideas, just send it to us. But we'll, we'll come up with something clever. More clever than podcast is also a video. Um, we're also thinking of adding segments and stuff like that. And also sponsors like Globe. No, seriously, <laughs> kidding. And Regzona. Okay, n- no sponsors for now, but we are and doing Subway. some changes. So, so you have noticed maybe that there has been spam on all of our channels, Facebook, Twitter, of all of the the RSS feeds because there's a new feed. There's a audio only feed. So yeah. if you don't want to see our faces, I don't know why you'd want that, and just prefer to listen to our voices. So there's that lost. option now. We're on iTunes. Thank you so much, Tanya. For setting that up, we have a feed and an iTunes uh, channel yeah. for both the audio-only podcast and the podcast that's, that's also, also a video. video. See, we have to change the name <laughs> because we now have an audio-only channel, yeah. right? So uh, the podcast that's also a video the without pod- the video. <laughs> no, the podcast is only audio. Oh, <laughs> uh, there. See? So maybe that's, a, that's all the change that we need, maybe. Anyway. We, we're, we have two things, so cherish these two things, because these could change. We could have several segments, maybe just one thing that's tackled, uh, given more time. But anyway, we have two things for these last few podcasts that's also a video episodes. Um, the first topic is the Metro Manila Film Festival, and the second one is the... The Pastor who recently said that he's going to try out atheism for a week, uh, for a year, and then what happened to him? For a year. So uh, we'll start with the Metro Manila Film Festival. If you're not from the Philippines and you're not interested in any of the things related to Metro Manila Film Festival, then you're in the majority. I'm kidding. (laughs) You can skip this part and uh, go to this new feature. Yeah, You can uh, click on the link here. And then you'll skip over to the next topic. But anyway, we'll talk about the Metro Manila Film Festival. So as I said on Facebook, there's one time every year when people avoid the malls, the, the, the theaters, and just stay home with their families. And that's thanks to the Metro Manila Film Festival. And Now, what is the Metro Manila Film Festival for those of you who are that elitist that they don't even know what it is? It's that time of the year when... The MMDA, is this something yeah, that the yeah, MMDA, the does? MMDA that does? So starting December 25, uh, Christmas Day, only Filipino movies will be shown for around a couple of weeks, weeks yeah. right? Maybe two weeks. And nothing else will be shown. Only Filipino films. And traditionally, this has included films like Vic Soto's films, Enten Cabisote. Yeah. Uh, Pandai, films like that. Um, there's usually one serious film that wins every year that Best Film Award. There's always one, right? Yeah. At least there, one. There's also like a million, what's the series? Shake, Rattle, and... Oh, yeah, yeah. Those Shake, Shake, Rattle, and Roll. I think, is it the, thir- the 13th now? I don't know. 30th. Above 10. Yes. So, so anyway, all of these films get shown every December... And 
what's the purpose of this? What do you think was in the minds of the people who thought of the Metro Manila Film Festival? Like so many people are in the malls. Let's let's lessen the traffic. Let's let them spend more time with their families and just show Filipino films and see how that works. Well, I'm kidding, of course. So what do you think? Well, clearly that wasn't the objective. Like what they wanted to do was to promote Filipino film. And the problem with how they're doing it is they're closing the Filipino film industry away from competition. Um, they're keeping foreign films away from the Filipino film so that it, what happens is they don't have to exert as much effort to be considered an okay Filipino film uh, because at this time of year, like everyone's standards like is, are supposed to like concentrate on the generic Filipino film. And I don't know about everyone else, but for me, that standard seems to have been lower than the global standard for films. So are you saying that you hate Filipinos? No. <laughs> See, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's yeah. a common problem that crops up. Like the moment you say that, oh, I don't, like this particular part of Filipino culture, like, oh, you're such an anti-Pinoy. Yeah, you can't say that the films just suck. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can't say that because that's anti-Filipino. But um, going with what you were saying, I agree. Like, competition brings out the best in anything, in anyone, I think. They're, they're competing for our money. Even the, the films within the film festival, like, try their hardest yeah. to make good films so that they can best the others and be the ones that people watch. I mean, I don't think there's a law that says you have to watch every one of these films yeah. because if you don't, you're an anti-Filipino yeah. and you do not tangkilik ang sariling atin. You do not patronize the Filipino art. Yeah. So, but anyway, it, it says such a, it's, a, it's such a statement when you have to, to prevent these non-Filipino films from being shown just to be sure that that the Filipino films will be watched. Yeah. Let's let's think about this. There's a film M Metro Manila Film Festival Awards. What what's that called? Maybe I, that's what I it's know. called. I, I guess. Okay. MMFF Awards, Awards yeah. night, right? So I'm thinking maybe they have to ensure that all of the films will be played, and and they can't show all of them if there are slots taken by non-Filipino films. So there can't be enough contestants for there to be. An awards night, uh -huh. but why can't they just like spread the films around the year, like throughout the yeah. year? Let's say, okay, maybe maybe make it a law that um, some weekend, one each cinema should should at least have one Filipino film. That's a contestant of of the mm -hmm. Metro Manila Film Festival. Yeah. That way, you know, you'll have enough films to to vie for the MMFF awards, and at the same time, during the Christmas holidays, people have. The, the, the option of watching non-Filipino films. Yeah, they have the freedom. Yeah, well, wh why like move it all towards December when there are so many good films yeah. showing? Like we missed American Hustle. Yeah. Or is Wolf of Wall Street? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, if you're a pro-capitalist. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah. I think that it's not. I mean, it's like a blasphemy law that's only in effect for a certain period of time. Yeah, like for these few weeks, you can't show non-Filipino or MMFF films in the cinemas. Like, mm. why? It's to protect the cinemas. It's the same as like ideas. You can't have 
other ideas talked about because you don't want these other ideas to be challenged. It's it's that's a parallel to blasphemy laws that I see. So let's uh, let's think about it. If the MMFF logic was applied to other media, let's say radio, like people have to speak Filipino for a certain period, let's say... Or, or the internet. Or the internet. Like, there's a week every year <laughs> where you can only access sites that are hosted in the Philippines. Wow. <laughs> or hurt. Or even TV. Like, um, for a certain week or a couple of weeks, you can only watch the sitcoms. Like the, the telenovelas. Yeah, yeah. And you can't watch anything else. Like, um, why... Is it just tradition? That, that keeps people from questioning this. Like, imagine if we didn't have the Metro Manila Film Festival uh -huh. and somebody proposes it now. Like, wouldn't there be an, like, sort of uproar? Not, not, not actually an uproar. It's not that big a deal. Like, people can always buy DVDs yeah, from yeah, Amazon.com yeah. <laughs> or download them legally from iTunes, yeah. right? Like, but, um, but seriously, like, wouldn't people be protesting about this? Like, what kind of an idea is that? That that we close off. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not it doesn't stand up if you if you propose it now. Like I think the only things that it's it's relying upon to stay alive is like the anti Filipino mm. um what's that? Uh sentiment. Yes, sentiment. The anti Filipino sentiment that's thrown back at you the moment you say, hey, why don't we open these two competition? And but let's look at the films themselves. Are they really that bad? I have to be honest. I haven't seen any of the entries of the Metro Manila Film Festival. Have you? No, I haven't. They, uh, they could actually be really good. And we're making fools of ourselves. Sure. Uh, but, I mean, I'm go I'm, I just go by what I've experienced so far. And mm. what I've experienced so far is that these films are not worth my time. It's it's like Bayesian reasoning. Oh, I've never seen a film worth watching so far, so I'm just gonna stop. Yeah, for now I think we should. I, I don't know. Like all of the the Filipino movies that I have seen recently, uh -huh. some have been okay, but none have really justified me seeing just Filipino films yeah. for any period of time. Yeah. Like. Um, Actually, if they weren't that good, it would justify having the MMFF. Because then, like, producers who invest in Filipino movies can ensure that they'll get their money back. I, I read somewhere that they, they made 900 million pesos, like this time, wow. as of the writing of that thing that I read. So it's, it's something. And you can say, you can argue that Hollywood movies make money anyway. Right? But if it's um, freedom of information, let's go with that. Freedom of speech goes with freedom of information. Yeah. And artwork, we have a right to, to consume any artwork that we want to. And it's, is it a violation of human rights? <laughs> is it a violation of human rights, this Metro Manila Film Festival? I don't... I'm I don't. not sure. I'm not sure. I'm trying to, you know, I'm okay. trying to draw a parallel to blasphemy laws, but it's not, it's not really speech, it's... It's art. It's different, yeah. It's, it's kind of censorship in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, I don't think they're going to argue that you can just download those movies, <laughs> right? So, so please, what? Junk the MMFF and uphold our human rights. If you decided to skip the Metro Manila Film Festival topic, 
uh, good good choice. Like we, we really had nothing to say about that. Um, not a lot, at least. But anyway, we're now going to talk about our second topic, which is that priest who said... Okay, details. Pepe. Okay. Um, Ryan. Here's the wrap. Uh, Ryan J. Bell is an ad- adjunct professor at Azusa Pacific University and Fuller Theological Seminary. He's a former pastor of a Seventh-day Adventist church, and he said that he's willing to have a year-long experiment where he tries out being an atheist or as close live as close to an atheist as possible meaning live a lifestyle as close to an atheist lifestyle as possible and so he didn't say that he was going to be an atheist he was going yeah, to approximate like, yeah pretty much i mean but yeah. we, we we i don't know it's difficult to really make sure that he's believing these mm, things yeah but, there's really but no way there's to no know. way to we have to take his word for it yeah. and um what happened is his employers fired him. Um, their justification was that they're afraid that uh, their donors would pull out from the institution when they found out that there's a, platform, a pastor who was trying out atheism, so to speak. So, well, what do you think about this experiment? Well, let's, let's, there's a happy ending to this. Just mm-hmm. uh, maybe a silver lining. Mm-hmm. Some atheists put together a fund to yeah. help this pastor, like while he doesn't have a job. Yeah, I think this was Heyman. Yeah. yeah. Um, read more on this link. But anyway, let's talk about what he tried to do. I think it's maybe he he did this first of all. He did this because there was there's that trend, my year of living biblically, mm-hmm. like books like that where you try something out for a year and then you get a book yeah. deal out of it. Maybe this this pastor was trying something like that. Or he was just genuinely curious, you know. Um, he would have added a lot to the knowledge base of that school on atheism. Yeah. I, I, I presume that they didn't know a lot about atheism and his research would have helped people to understand atheists more. Maybe they'll be more effective in convincing people to not become atheists after doing that. Mm-hmm. But um, first of all, or second of all, I already said first of all, how does one even try to be an atheist? This is one of my pet peeves. Several people have told me th- something like this. I tried atheism, but it just didn't work for me. So it's not for me. I tried it. Like, how does one try to be an atheist? Like, how does one try to be a Christian if you're yeah, a non-Christian? Yeah. Or try to be a Muslim, right? Like, try to believe in Allah. Like, let's say you're a Catholic. Um, if you're not a free thinker, or if you're a not, uh, if you're a Catholic, a free thinking Catholic, or whatever, try to be a Muslim right now. Just try it. <laughs> try it now. No, but seriously, how? How? I mean, yeah. I, I think it's uh, there. There, I, there are only two ways I think that you can try out something. Uh, yeah. A belief system. It's like it's either your lying to yourself constantly or lying to at least people around you like i believe this but you don't really and there's the other one where um your your beliefs are not so much uh or you haven't changed yourself so much to have your beliefs based on um evidence or uh knowledge um when your beliefs are just like oh i choose this i choose to believe Mm. this i choose to believe that and you have no clear basis um, you just 
It's just uh, you believe stuff on a whim. I mean, yeah. it's. I mean, it's. It's. I can think of people who do go about life with that kind of thinking. Um, that's the only way I think you can try it out. But of course, it's not the same as if you believe because you have evidence that you actually have internalized and you have understood, and that's where your belief is coming from. I think you're talking about uh, what what some philosophers. Uh, call like the orders of belief like there's mm -hmm. belief and there's belief in belief mm -hmm. like you you can actually believe something and then you can believe that you believe in something and i think that a lot of people argue from this perspective they believe in belief like um when you argue that someone has to be catholic someone has to have faith in god or else bad things will happen to them. They could go to hell, they could be committing a sin and turning away from God. Um, you are acting as if belief is something that you can choose so easily. That belief yeah, is yeah. a choice. Like um, like you do not you doubt in 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 God, and then you can just choose to to lose that doubt and to strengthen your belief as if yeah, it's something yeah. that it's it's a weight that you lift, you know, it's yeah. it's like a physical thing. Like you, you just go to a place and then, you know, it's just a line that you yeah. cross. It's, it doesn't work that way. You, you see certain things, certain arguments or evidence like happen in your, in your yeah. head. It's, it's kind of like seeing, but um, in a more complicated yeah, way. Yeah. And then you make the connections in your head, like uh, however logical you are yeah. or however rational or how, how, however you argue in your mind. And then you reach a conclusion. And I think that conclusion is pretty much automatic. Yeah. I, I think at least that's what I believe. We have argued about this several times. I have argued about this with several people. It's about whether how much is a choice. belief can be yeah. chosen. Yeah. But but for me, like all of these arguments and evidence, they they somehow lead you to a conclusion, and you do not choose that conclusion. Yeah. You can choose which evidence you look at more. Let's say that's you are true. you know yeah, you are biased, yeah, right? That's true. That's true. And like. Um, for example, if I'm, I can see myself, I'm wearing a jacket. Like yeah. I just say, oh, I don't believe I'm wearing a jacket. I can't just believe that out of nowhere because I have seen myself. Um, it's the same thing with atheism, yeah. except the seeing is not as direct as yeah. like you see it with your eyes. It's it's something automatic as well that's um, that's given to me through logic and uh, this rational thinking procedure that yeah. I follow. There, I think it's a more cumulative case. It's just yeah. it's not just seeing one picture, but seeing several arguments and evidence held together and each argument and each piece of evidence increases your belief or disbelief. Yeah. And then at the end you have to weigh like which matters most and then you you come to a conclusion in your in your mind. Like let's let's talk about what that pastor would have to do if he had gone through this experiment, I, I have no idea if he, he's still trying to do it. He mentioned that he would be like reading more books by atheists on um, on atheism. Yeah, um, he wouldn't pray. He wouldn't be referencing scripture and so on. So basically, um, living as if there was no God mm. um, and not really thinking about. Maybe maybe the book by Peter Bogosian, who I interviewed. There's a link here of our conversation. He had this book called. A manual for creating atheists, mm -hmm. and maybe if the pastor read that and tried the techniques on himself, he would have <laughs> created an atheist. And what does that book say? All that book says is, "Do not 
argue on the conclusion, just argue on the epistemology. Just um, attack faith and reveal it for what it is, which is really pretending to know mm -hmm. things that you do not actually know. Yeah. And then everything else just crumbles yeah. down. Like if you, um, there's, a, there's a way of scholarship when it comes to e even theology or studying the Bible. There's the, the faith-based one, mm -hmm. which is really believing beforehand that everything in here is divinely inspired. Okay. And looking at it with that predetermined conclusion. That, yeah. yeah. And then there is, of course, the academic I don't remember if that's the actual name for it, or the, the more um, scholarly route, which is really not having a predetermined conclusion, looking at the evidence, looking at the most convincing arguments, and then making conclusions after you have done the study. Yeah. So if you look at the Bible using this way, some people argue that that is the, the best way to create um, atheists. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. Um, what's what's the, the status of this uh, priest for now? Well, uh, I don't. Well, he said that it's going to be difficult. Um, he's going to look for another job, um, any other job that will sustain him. But like, like I said, like you said, um, there was a fund that yeah. was made to help support him uh, through his experiment. And the good thing about this is, we we don't really care if he becomes atheist or not. What we what we what matters is that. Um, He's not left, uh, mm. like hanging. he's a person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, it, it doesn't matter if you're an atheist or a Christian. You have you're important as just because you're a person. Um, and uh, what we value as well is his willingness to experiment. Um, yeah. There may be some flaws in his methodology, like uh, Heyman pointed out that it's not uh, trying out atheism is not as simple as reading a book or and so on. So. Uh, but still, uh, the spirit of um, free thinking is there, trying things out and mm. thinking for yourself. So um, at least that we applaud. It is interesting that the moment he even thought of trying and announced it, he already experienced the, the same discrimination that many atheists yeah. experience when they come out as atheists. Yeah, that's exactly why so many atheists are still in the closet right now. Um, you see, this guy... Hasn't even said he's an atheist. Yeah, uh, he's just trying it out, and there goes his job. So, but it's uh, pretty scary. Fortunately, there are nice atheists that do things like raise funds for people who lose their jobs because of atheism. <laughs> and and because he is a, a priest, he actually qualifies for something called the clergy project. I think it was Dan Barker and the Freedom from Religion Foundation who is also behind this project. And it's a, it's a fund that that was meant to help people exactly like this this guy okay uh, that's that's an interesting i've uh, been talking to people recently on, on the interviews i'm plugging it again you should watch every one of them like people like dan barker um who was once a preacher and who become became an atheist leader people like uh, john loftus who is also like this yeah. so it's it's a career path actually you're a preacher and then you become an atheist, you write books, and then you become a leader of the atheist movement. So maybe this guy, Ryan, might follow in their... Yes, might follow in, in their footsteps and become one of the atheist leaders. And, you know, full circle, he become Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, an another one of those. There should be a, a name for career paths like that. Um, yeah. Preacher turned... <laughs> Eventually... What's the atheist equivalent of a preacher? Uh, atheist 
it's, speaker. It's a, I guess speaker. Uh, yeah. Eighth evangelism. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, this becomes a trend that several years from now, Guy Harrison can write a book. Fifty preachers who became atheist leaders. That's another interview that I, I'm adding. So thank you so much for watching this episode. And I will plug some things, as our director is saying. I will plug this YouTube channel, if you're watching through YouTube. I will tell you to tell your friends to, to watch this, this YouTube channel. I will also plug... Um, let's uh, like the our, Facebook page. Um, join the Facebook group. Um, there's Twitter. Follow us on follow Twitter. Us on Twitter. Uh, Tumblr. Tumblr. Us on Tumblr. Tumblr. Yeah, Tumblr. <laughs> if follow us on, on Tumblr. Uh, Friendster, else? MySpace, oh, we don't have those anymore. <laughs> but try to follow us wherever you can. We live in Green Hills. <laughs> try to follow us there as well. And um, let us know. Give us feedback. Do you think that we're doing a good job? Or do you think that we need a film festival so that you'll be forced to watch all of our stuff? We will accept criticism like that Podcast as well. Festival. And like I said, cherish this, these last few podcasts that's also video episodes because we are evolving. We are actually turning five years old in a, in, in a few weeks. Yay! February. And one of the things that we want to give back to you because of everything that you have given to us. What have you been giving to us? Clicks, no. okay. likes. <laughs> Clicks and Peace. likes and shares. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that we're going to change is this podcast and the website, and maybe membership. I don't know. Anyway, thank you, and goodbye. Bye.